0: 23 2019 this is born the battle brought to you by the department of veterans affairs i am your host marine corps veteran timothy lawson hope everybody got an opportunity to view the town hall that aired last thursday the secretary provided some remarks on his priorities at va and answered some questions from the prior town hall and then a number of officials in va leaders in each administration NCA, vba vha Sat down and provided information and insight on what their administration is doing moving forward and how we can better serve veterans. You can find that video in its entirety at our YouTube page. Just search DEPT Vet Affairs. That is our that is our username, our handle, if you will, uh, on YouTube, and you will find the video there. This week. Is the last week in the commemoration, the anniversary of the Battle of the Bulge. January twenty fifth is the date in which the bulge ended. Uh, That is two days from now, Friday. Our video team has been producing short videos featuring World War II veteran Harry F. Miller on his experiences during Battle of the Bulge. You can find them on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Affairs. If you go to videos, you will see a playlist titled Harry F. Miller Recalls Battle of the Bulge. There are currently four videos there now that have been released uh, starting December 15th, and they're released uh, about once every, every week and a half or so. In the fifth and final video will, will be posted on Friday. So uh, go catch up on those great videos. Harry's insights and his experience is, uh, is unique and uh, very valuable for us to remember and ponder uh, as we continue honoring our nation's veterans, especially those that served in World War II. This week's interview is with Army veteran Ozzy Ramirez. Ozzy is currently pursuing a career in acting down in Hollywood. But before he started pursuing the Silver Screen, he served in our United States Army. When he was 17 years old, he got his parents to sign a waiver so he could enlist. He wanted to be able to provide for his family. During his service in the Army, he was able to get full citizenship after enlisting on a green card. Ozzy's gonna share with us his experience in enlisting, a great friend that he had in the military, his transition out, and then his pursuit of acting. Enjoy. I served in Vietnam. I served in World War II. I served in Afghanistan. And VA serves us all. No matter when you served. No matter if you saw combat or not. There are benefits for veterans of every generation. See what VA can do for you. To learn what benefits
1: you may be eligible for, visit www.va.gov. That's www.va.gov.
0: All right, wonderful. Uh, I'm guessing you go by Ozzy, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, Ozzy Ramirez, Army veteran, actor out there in L.A. Sir, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me uh, Ozzy, I, I just noticed that, uh, we have a, we have a mutual friend, uh, and Mr. Solace, Hector Solace. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, Hector and I, uh, served in Moscow together while we were out there. So,
1: oh man. All right. I'm going to have to bring that up. Really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's always, uh, it's always fun seeing, uh, seeing the connections, uh, you know, that, uh, the, the veteran community is smaller than we think sometimes, you know?
1: Yeah, that's what we do, and then all of a sudden, the world is, uh, once we leave, we always reconnect some weird
0: way. I'm like, we all go into different fields, but then we pop out again. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Ozzy, we're going to start where we start all these interviews, and that is uh, your decision to join the United States military. Bring us back to that day for you.
1: Oh, man. Uh, I was in high school at the time. I joined in 2000 two, uh, at a high school. So I had to have my parents sign the waiver for me to go into the military already while I was still a senior in high school. So, uh, the decision to make that was, uh, I saw in 2001, when the towers fell, I was in my classroom as a senior watching this, getting ready for school. Cause I would always put the news on. And then, watching that happen live i thought it was a thought it was a movie i thought something was going on so i didn't think nothing of it and then i get to school and it's the real deal everybody's stuck on their tvs watching that and just seeing that that replay over and over uh of what's going on uh very uh impacted me and also a lot of people around me I'm um, like that decided to join also I'm um, like after that incident so that was a big push for me to join and at the same time before that was uh, going to happen I already had it in my head to join the military just to help cuz my father. Um, I left my family at 16, so I became the man of the house uh, at 16 years old, so oh, wow. yeah, so I was uh, it's, I'm the oldest of uh, four boys, so I got three younger brothers, and the one of my brothers, the next one down from me, uh, is disabled since birth, so he has seizures, he has a lot of complications when he was growing up uh, just because his body progresses a lot slower than everybody else's, so Me thinking ahead, thinking about college, thinking about my future. I was like, the military would be best. Uh, I can learn something. I'll have money for school. And then also I can provide for my mom and my brothers uh, some financial assistance because we get a cot in three meals, so I was like, hey, I'm good. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I tried to sell it like that to my mom. I was like, hey, I got They're going to feed me, uh, so you don't have to worry about that expense, and then I'll have some money to be able to kick down and be able to help you guys. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that, that uh, my mom signed the waiver because I told her uh, if she doesn't do it now, I'm going to do it at in uh, 10 months when I turn 18. So she signed the waiver so I can get time and grade already. And that was it. I was off uh once I graduated. Um boot camp was just uh a month away. I, when August 5th, I was already I hit my at Fort Knox, Kentucky, is where I did my AIT and basic training for the Scout 19 Delta.
0: Okay, oh scout. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, how um what what did you what drew you to that? Um uh during enlistment?
1: Man, uh, a thing uh, I I scored high on the ASVAB to be able to pick any job, but for my current situation, I wasn't a citizen. Uh, I just had a green card because I I came over from Mexico. My family did, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we didn't have our papers at all, our citizenship. So getting the trying to get those jobs, I was going for satellite communication actually, and because I couldn't get clearance because I'm not a, I wasn't a citizen yet. They gave me that first sheet of what the army needs. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm like, I went, they had the cook, artillery, all the all the infantry, all the basics that they always are open. And uh, they had Scout in there and they threw on a, a VHS tape because <laughs> there was no DVDs. Uh, uh, And, yeah, the, the job seemed interesting. And then at the same time, I was like, well, if I, I didn't get the job that I really wanted was going into the until satellites learning about that. Well, then I got to be a real soldier. I got to I got to learn how to blow up things and do and be a real GI. That's right. <laughs> so they sold me on the video and uh, that was it. I saw I saw them going on doom buggies and motorcycles and they were all looking like having a great time going through the desert uh yeah i never got my doom buggy or my motorcycle i was in so (laughs) So,
0: uh tell, tell me about a great friend or tell me about a close friend or a great leader that you had while you were in
1: Man, I still got a great. I'm still great friends with my uh, my sergeant, uh, my one after I did uh, my second duty station, named Victor Orta, Sergeant Victor Orta. Uh, he very he took me under his wing. I was still an E3 at the time, and he really took an, uh took a lot of guys under his wing to really school us on. Learning uh, the rules, learning the Geneva Convention, learning all about on our off time the do's, the can'ts, and, and cannots of enlisted and officers. So he really just mentored us on getting more knowledge and not just taking whatever any sergeant or anybody higher up uh, with the that, that it is true. I'm like, I'm like sometimes they'd be lying and they don't know the accurate information. So they're like they just kind of told us to just get more knowledge to be able to protect ourselves more. i like from other from other platoons or other people, they're just trying to mess with you.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. So he yeah he was a great guy. I'm like I'm still friends with him now. He uh, he lives in Santa Barbara. He works for the federal government uh, still. Uh, and yeah, we we're still close friends. We still hang out every chance we get.
0: So what what was the process then of? So you said when you enlisted, you still were only having only had a green card. What was the process then of getting your citizenship? Did that happen early on in your career? Did you have to serve for a certain amount of time? Like how'd that work? Uh,
1: uh, From there, I didn't even know um, my until I got shipped over to South Korea after my basic training. I got uh, my first duty station was uh, Camp Gary Owen on the DMZ in South Korea. So from there. I was going to put paperwork in once I found out how things were going. But at the same time, the the people out there never did know. Nobody in Korea did ever a packet like that to have service members get their citizenship. Uh, so they really didn't know what to do to be able to go through that process. So what they advised me was once you leave this place and you go into your new duty station, um, Back in the States, they're like, then try to put in your paperwork then uh, to get it approved so then you can get your citizenship. So I was in a good year and a half before I came back to the States. And then I put in my paperwork in through S1. And, yeah, they um, I got it less than a month. I would say two months. I was already going, getting my fingerprints and get- Every time I would go to a federal building, my packet would just get pushed up to the top because I would go in my military uniform sure. like they told me to do, and they're like, "I got VIP service." Uh, so I, the process was way faster compared to the civilian side. Like my mom was been waiting for like ten plus years, still waiting to get that approval uh, to become a citizen. So once I got it, I got hers right out right after and. Literally two months. So the process for me going to it, uh, three months, was me and my mom were finally citizens of here.
0: Yeah, very cool. What, mm-hmm. what, were, what were your years of
1: service? Uh, two thousand one to two thousand six.
0: Okay, and what did you did you deploy? Um, uh, did you, like, did you-
1: I, I, I deployed just to, to uh, the DMZ. After that, I got stuck at uh, Fort Irwin uh, and and Cal- Barstow just training. I'm like, we were just nonstop out in that desert training everybody for Afghanistan, Kuwait, Iraq, man, everywhere. We were nonstop just getting through, going through uh, rotations of just every unit that you could think of was coming through us. So we were just stuck there, just getting everybody prepared. So that was our deployment, just getting everybody ready for that desert life that they were about to get over there and get them as ready as possible. I'm like, cause our unit was just doing all blue Ford training, just nonstop, uh, no days off.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So what what prompted your transition out then?
1: Um, man, it just, uh, things I'm like, just, I felt already, uh, I just needed something different. I felt that I didn't want to keep doing the same. I knew if I stayed in as a scout, then I was like, it's just going to. And how the war was seen and everything. I was like, we were just, we're, I'm going to be stuck in, I'm going to be a desert rat forever. <laughs> I'm like, and I, I felt like I could uh, do something else, that I could, I had other skills that I could, I needed to go search out or other passions. I'm like, I wanted to become a soldier and do my part, and I did that, and I did it to the fullest. Uh, so I wanted to do another part of that and go see. How that would trend, how I'm going to transition into that new field um, and then help out other guys in, an, in a different way. Because I knew a lot of guys going in that I joined at the same time from basic training, half of us stayed in, uh, half of us got out, uh, Mike. And it was just because uh, it just kept getting worse. And especially for combat MOSs, uh, I just kept getting the worse and worse. The, the duty stations and just the, the type of heavy load of things that we had to do. I was like, man, this is just, uh, and now I'm feeling it. My body uh, feels it now.
0: <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, are you, um, I mean, are you, where Where do you get your healthcare from? Do you, do you go to VA for healthcare?
1: Yeah, I go to the VA, man. There's, I'm like, uh, yeah, it's a, uh,
0: it's a system that
1: needs a lot of help. I'm um, like we need to get a lot more veterans in these power positions in at that place to really be able to have a a good say so because they've gone through it and they know the the type of medical attention that we need females and 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 males that are coming out because sometimes these people haven't served at all and are in these positions that don't understand that we do need help i'm like we're not uh warriors all the time we cry we feel so they they need to understand that
0: yeah yeah absolutely so what what um when you got out, did you did you go right back to Southern California when you got out?
1: Uh yes, I'm like I was down the street, I'm like from uh Barca. I was only like a couple hours away from my hometown in Riverside, California. So I moved back in with my mom for a couple months till I got settled in, figured out what was my next move in life and I just jumped around from uh Just doing uh, from college to college, trying to do my my just my generals because I still didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And then I started doing construction. I was a assistant superintendent for a plastering company because growing up, I did a lot of construction because that was a trade. uh, My father uh, did coming over here to 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 the States because that's the only thing they would hire you for. So that's where he really, I learned that trade from him and learning all about that. So I did that for a while until the the housing market crashed in 2008 and I got the boot because I was the youngest guy. So finally from that, I was like, okay, I really kind of, I didn't, I never liked construction growing up. I don't know why I'm in it now. I'm like, I need to get into something that I like doing Uh So I went to go apply to go become a physician assistant over here in Ontario with an accelerated program. But the bad thing, I hadn't done math for so long that I felt I passed everything but the math portions of, of their tests. So until you, I'm like, once I failed twice on just the math portion again, they're like you can't. You have to wait until a year till the next rotation of students come in for this program. And if you pass, then you jump in with them. And I'm like, I can't. I can't wait a year. That's too long. So that fired something. I'm gonna be to just jump into the acting world, the entertainment world, and just go in head first. Never took no acting classes. Never did anything in theater before in my life. Uh, so I was like, I either going to sink or swim. So let me go out here, find a school in L.A. that accepts the GI Bill and really start just immersing myself into this this new field and see if this is really what I want to do and I want to pursue. So, yeah, that and I guess, yeah, I that went over and I did it. And it's been it's been a struggle, it's been hard, but uh I'm just staying going forward little by little, getting little progress and it's it's
0: working out, yeah, absolutely um so then uh you're acting right like yes. you like how did like um you, know, you you talked about sort of your your progression in, in work after the military were you interested in acting through that whole endeavor did something inspire you? Uh, well, yeah, you know, I'm like we always
1: I'm like watching movies all the time on our downtime, especially when you're in those in these uh, uh on base or certain places or out in the field. If you took your little portable DVD, everybody's always watching films. I'm like, that was how we <laughs> spent our pastime when we had a little time. So I'm like and growing up, I always was intrigued with TV and film and just the whole aspects of just seeing people. Getting the opportunity to try new things to play a doctor to be a race car driver, to be um, like a scientist um, like to um, like, and the, and getting paid for to learn these different things so then you can portray the, that character well. So that always fascinated me about not doing the same thing every day that you always get to play be something else, be a different profession for a little bit. I um, like that I always like that about it. So I just jumped into it without no knowledge, and then I, I soon found out that it takes a lot. There's a lot of things that, no, that uh, the regular people don't know that it entails to really learn this
0: craft. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so what, what, what was something – give us an example of something that, um, that sort of took you by surprise on, on what, what it took to, to be an actor, to be a part of that industry. I'm like, just opening up, I'm like,
1: that the first three, I'm like, during the process of me getting my bachelor's degree, I'm like, and taking all these classes from uh, film history, I'm like, just, you always see the, the finished product, and I'm like, I didn't know that there were so many behind the scenes, like, uh, especially set etiquette. How hitting your mark, looking at camera, which side of camera to look on, how, I'm like all these different acronyms and things that we learned in the military. There's also inside the film industry in when you're on set and working, uh, which guys are doing what jobs, what wires not to step on. Uh, I didn't, I didn't know there was all that. I thought it was a, you take, they get, they put a camera to your face and you just say some words and that's it. I'm like, that's (laughs) (laughs) That's what I expected. I was like, man, if that guy can do it and I did all this crazy stuff in the military, eh, I can do this. I'm like, this ain't that hard. (laughs) Yeah. I was very surprised. I'm like on all the, the knowledge that you need to have to be not green anymore and actually be a professional when you walk on set and people notice that from someone not knowing anything to actually knowing what you're doing and how do you present yourself on that set. So that, that was a, an eye opener and just the, um, the memorization of lines. I'm like, that you got to learn a lot of pages of dialogue that I was never accustomed to remember word by word. And I had to get used to that. I had to get my that muscle in my brain, just work it out every day to be able to get a script, work on it for a little bit and be able to retain all that information and be able to share it back with my fellow actor with the same emotion and everything I need to do with the walking and where to look at to be able to give the perfect performance to the director. So there's a lot of moving parts that uh, actors need to do that people are not aware of. <laughs> We're multitasking just like I did in the military so I was like, okay, this is just like the military just different.
0: <laughs> yeah I noticed from your uh, from your acting resume you've, you've done some you have some film, some television you have a theater uh, mm-hmm. you, you do some stunts and, and, and whatnot what uh, which one of those do you find yourself enjoying the most? Uh,
1: I love the acting, man. The acting was what I came out here to do, and then all these other uh, things started popping up once I started learning more about it. But acting is is my fur is my number one passion. I love playing different characters, trying different things. Um, it's just a good to explore, and then you just get into you. You really start noticing and going back into certain events of your life to really understand the character on the page to be able to relate and not criticize on what they are uh, what you, what they're doing i'm um, like just to see try to find the humanity in them of they 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 know they're not they they feel like they're not wrong so i got to go in there not judging and be he feels like he's right so i got to play i got to find out how we connect and why he's really doing what he's doing in this movie uh, even though, if in my personal opinion I don't agree, my person, but the character thinks it's n- it's not wrong, so I can't judge. So that right. is what I really like. And acting helped me just deal with uh, deal with the PTSD, deal with all that emotional uh, things that we have coming out. Because, like you know, while we're in, nobody helps us with our emotions. We just kind of just shove that down into a little box and we just keep locking it away and keep just shoving more and more of our emotions because it's mission first. And this this art really opened me up to talk about my past experience with the military, my family experience, all the things that were really weighing me down, they helped me loosen it up and talk about it. And then the weight just got less and less day by day. I'm like with the help of of these acting teachers of opening me up and just working these different characters because I would relate, I'm like with different parts of my life. And that really helped me out, cope with a lot of things and come to terms with things and just let it go and be more happy and be more grateful that I'm here and trying to do the best that I can. So I'm grateful for that.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Um, What... Um, I I know that you are a part of uh, Veterans in Media and Entertainment. At least mm-hmm. I, I see you on their site. That's a big that's a big movement that uh, that happened um, about I think what's it was about ten years ago almost. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. As as a, a lot of uh, Iraq and, and Afghanistan veterans were coming back and wanting to get into into the into the entertainment industry, I know that they stood this up and has become a really powerful network for veterans. In Hollywood and in the entertainment business uh, in general, how did you get connected with them, and how has it benefited you? I'm
1: like, uh, yeah, and I'm like, it was a good thing to get with a couple other events. Uh, some of the original founding members, like Mike and Mike Dowling and Kyle Stokes, um, that founded it uh, at the beginning, are going. The uh, one was an actor and one was a filmmaker, and they were going through the same struggles of ex military coming out. Trying to figure out, navigate these waters of L.A. and Hollywood and the entertainment industry, and not having any support from anywhere or support that actually can understand you and understand your how we talk and how we interact with each other. So they help just kind of picking back off ideas, be able to uh, them open up a different doors to be able to go audition for certain things. I'm like also connecting with other people that are not pursuing just the acting, the the writing, the directing, the, the producing, I'm like voiceover work. So a lot of guys coming out also wanted to do, we got some guys doing great special effects work, I'm like editing. So being able to go and meet other fellow vets that are great in these other fields, I'm like, it's a lot easier to be able to, Communicate and get your ideas across. I'm like, and I'm like, we understand each other instead of talking to a civilian trying to get something across. It takes a lot longer than trying to get it across to a fellow veteran that knows that field. He he gets it with the word or a sentence. That's all you got to say, and he's like, I know. Okay, I got you. Let's keep moving forward. So it really helped out to give each other, give us a, all of us emotional support, um, like because it's a rough business out here. There's a lot of There's a lot of no's and a lot of doors shut in your face. So when one of us gets a win, I'm like, it's good to have a team behind you giving you a thumbs up, a pat on the back and congratulations because we know how hard it is. So we all support each other to keep moving forward on whatever field you're in in the entertainment industry. So BME has helped a lot of guys stay in the fight. I'm like, cause without them, a lot of guys have quit. I'm like, so that is a, it's good for a lot of guys to join that, to know that there's other people that have been doing that for one year, some people for 15 years, there's all types of different, um, like, my frames, but we're all here to be able to give you some great guidance and be able to just help you out. I'm like more than we did when we came out here. I'm like, now there's way more knowledge to be shared. I'm like for the n- new people coming out. I'm like so it the path can be a little bit easier than what we went through.
0: Yeah. Now I saw that uh, recently at the um, at the GI Film Festival mm-hmm. uh, a short that you were in, Let It Go, won best film. Yes, it did. And I'm yeah. like. Tell us yeah. about that project.
1: Oh man, uh, uh, this producer, uh, Stephanie Helm, director of Stephanie Helm wanted to give back because uh, she she's not a better uh, military herself, but her family is her uh, grandfather, other other relatives. So she wanted to throw a story back and give something back. Uh, to the community. So I auditioned for this role. I'm like through the VME, it came up uh, and I went and auditioned for one of the parts. I happily got it. Uh, Another VME member, uh, Leafy. Um, I played my other lead female uh, Marine. Oh, Leafy Kim. Yeah. Leafy Kim. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We know her. Oh, she, uh, she played the, my female lead. And I'm like, she got best actress. I'm like for the short. I'm like so we got the best film of the festival, best film, best veteran film and we got the best actress I'm like film. I got nominated for best actor, but another uh, another guy got it cuz he had a great comedy, comedy short they did. So I couldn't get mad. I he, he had me laughing. So I'm like I tipped my hat off to him, but the our film let it go is just about marine loss, how we deal with it. Especially I'm like if you have a significant other that it, is in the military and so and they pass away how how do we cope with that how would how would i tell my significant other to let it go to don't dwell on the universe and what happened to just keep moving forward and just try to be the best that you can i'm like because i won't i'm like we don't we don't want our our partner to be suffering even more after we're already gone i'm like we want them to to push it through like we know how to do. I'm like so that's what the film's about of just how to how to deal with that loss especially when you're with somebody in the service while you're in the service.
0: Yeah. What what um I mean wh- where do you find yourself um uh, what's the right question here? What's a what's a sticking point or what's a challenge do you find right now in your career that uh, you're trying to um, improve on or get get ahead of to to move further in your career?
1: Uh, right now, just uh, I guess trying to set my brand a little bit more because uh, Hollywood likes to always just put the uh, the stigma of whatever on uh, my ethnicity or certain demographic you are, they try to stick you in just to those same roles. And I'm Hispanic 100% from Mexico, I speak Spanish fluently, but I don't look I'm like, I know, I'm like, to them, I don't look Hispanic enough. <laughs> and then I'm not white enough. So I'm like in this weird middle that they don't know where to put me because I'm like, I'm not Caucasian enough and I'm not Hispanic enough. So, um, yeah, that's a little the difficulties right now that I'm having trouble to really cement myself in a certain type of character. So then when they come, when those parts come up, I can, I'm. they think about me. I'm like, yeah. so that's uh the the struggle that I'm having that I'm in this weird limbo ambiguous thing going that it's right now hot I'm like good in Hollywood that they're pushing diversity and things, but when they go when I go to these auditions for certain Hispanic roles, yeah, these guys are super way more darker than me and shorter and I'm like, Yeah, I'm like, You're going real authentic Hispanic <laughs>
0: So, yeah, like, so that's interesting. I, so you you have a difficult time in Hispanic roles because you because they they feel like you're not Hispanic enough, but yet yeah. you you clearly are you clearly have enough pigment in your skin to yeah. not be Caucasian.
1: Yeah, so oh, that's super interesting. So. <laughs> yeah, so that's a little trouble I'm having right now. So that's why now I've been focusing on setting up a couple projects for myself and other events to really. Uh, pinpoint what brand or what characters we really portray that we really want um, LA to know that this is what we really are good at. So then we can get some more doors open and more uh, possibilities to go audition. So that's what's in the works right now. So I can really push that into their face because that's the only way they're going to learn. I'm like, of what I can, what I can bring to the table. Cause if I kept leaving it to them, to their interpretation, they keep, they don't know, they, <laughs> so I gotta tell them this is what it is.
0: Yeah, what's a, give me a um, give me a, a, an experience or a skill set that you had in the military that's contributing to your success there in the entertainment industry?
1: Ah, uh, thick skin, man, thick skin. <laughs> I'm like uh, that has been very helpful because I've seen. Um, the nose and how they, how you just, ah oh man, it's just a hard business. I'm like, and then nobody gives you any feedback. That's the, the, the problem. I'm like, so what the military really helped with the discipline of doing what, being on time, saying what you're going to do and follow through with it. Um, and then just the thick skin to be able to take harsh criticism, but know it it's for your best good. not They're not trying to just. I'm like shit on you. They're just trying to improve you. So that's helped me a lot to improve more than most other people because I show up. I do my best that I can do. And I'm not a prima donna like a lot of other actors. 90% of the actors, I'm like out here how they act. Uh, So I don't bring those different bougie traits to when I. (laughs) (laughs) I.
0: Give, tell me about a t- give me a a veteran or a veteran organization that you're familiar with other than VME um, that you, that you're familiar with that has you excited about w- what they're doing right now.
1: Uh, right now, I'm like the American Legion. Uh, I'm like is doing great things out here in Hollywood. I'm like they just revamped their theater uh, here in Hollywood post uh, 43. And uh, the American Legion, they're doing great things because they understood that the new generation coming through uh, most of them the members that are in a part of that american legion i'm like half of them are in the entertainment industry so why not have a home with our own theater our own showing capabilities to promote our own work and that helps us out too i'm like to be able to showcase and let people know that veterans are here and we got a voice and we're gonna let you know i'm like, that we also are very talented I'm like, and these other skills that we're learning. So being a part of them and seeing, I'm like, how this, the theater just came uh, online last month. So now if you, any veteran has a project or something that they can showcase, now you have a base of home. I'm like that you with a beautiful seats, beautiful theater to showcase something great on there and have people come and see it. I'm like, so that's what I like that they're doing to really help us out. Uh, promote our entertainment side like, of oh, what we're trying to do. I'm like, cause it's very difficult trying to get something shown at some of these theaters. I'm like, but now at least we have a home base that we can uh, promote ourselves and promote our products. So I like them. And then I'm a, i am I volunteer. I'm part of uh, uh, the American Legion post 123 in Santa Monica. I'm the service officer over there. So I do that on my off time to help out guys uh if not i'm like trying to get their benefits housing maybe i'm like or even if they're just looking for some advice into the entertainment industry i can shoot them over to that to the other posts because i have a lot of contacts to go talk to some people over there so we're the american legion is doing great things i'm like helping us out
0: yeah very well ozzy it's been a real pleasure talking to you my friend Thank you so much, man. Yeah. Is there um, if, if anybody is is listening, they're curious, like oh, I want to check out this, like, what, you do anything that people can watch, check out?
1: Yeah. I'm like, hey, man, I love that you can Google my name, Ozzy Ramirez, and all my
0: stuff pops out. Very well, very well. Ozzie Ramirez, and Google it, check out his stuff. Ozzie, uh, real pleasure talking to you, and thank you so much for joining us on Born the Battle. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. My served in World War II. Spending time with him were the best memories of my life. I became a physician at VA because of my grandfather, so I can help others like him. I can't imagine working with better doctors or a more dedicated staff. I'm fulfilling my life's mission with the help of my team and thanks to these veterans. I'm proud to be a doctor at VA and proud to honor my grandfather every day. Search VA Careers to find out more. It was a pleasure talking to Ozzy and learning about his story. Uh, if you search his name Ozzy Ramirez O-Z-Z-Y Ramirez on IMDB you'll find him there and you can see his body of work uh, and what he's accomplished uh, in his acting career. Remember Friday we will be putting out our fifth and final video in a series of Battle of the Bulge videos featuring World War II veteran Harry F. Miller. Go to Facebook.com/veteransaffairs. To see that posted and to check out the playlist of the first four videos in that series. This week's Medal of Honor citation is one that we have done before. But uh, unfortunately, we have lost another Medal of Honor recipient in Charles Kettles. He just recently was awarded the Medal of Honor. We read his citation then, and uh, he was also featured as our Veteran of the Day that week. But I think it's only appropriate that in his passing that we remember the great service member that he was and in the, in the wonderful inspiration as a post-military veteran that he also was even before receiving the Medal of Honor. His service was the United States Army, rank of major. His division, 176 Assault Helicopter Company, 14th Combat Aviation Battalion, Task Force, Oregon. Conflict was Vietnam War. Year of Honor is 1967. Citation reads, On 15 May 1967, Major Kettles, upon learning that an airborne infantry unit had suffered casualties during an intense firefight with the enemy, immediately volunteered to lead a flight of six UH UH-1D helicopters to carry reinforcements to the embattled force and to evacuate wounded personnel enemy small arms, automatic weapons, and mortar fire wraithed the landing zone, inflicting heavy damage to the helicopters. However, Major Kettles refused to depart until all helicopters were loaded to capacity. He then returned to the battlefield with full knowledge of intense enemy fire awaiting his arrival to bring more reinforcements landing in the midst of enemy mortar and automatic weapons fire that seriously wounded his gunner and severely damaged his aircraft. Upon departing, Major Kettles was advised by another helicopter crew that he had fuel streaming out of his aircraft. Despite the risk posed by the leaking fuel, he nursed the damaged aircraft back to base. Later that day, the infantry battalion commander requested immediate emergency extraction of remaining 40 troops, including the four members of Major Kettles' unit who were stranded when their helicopter was destroyed by enemy fire. With the only one flyable UH UH-1 helicopter remaining, Major Kettles volunteered to return to the deadly landing zone for a third time, leading a flight of six evacuation helicopters, five of which were from the 161st Aviation Company. During the extraction, Major Kettles was informed by the last helicopter that all personnel were on board and departed the landing zone accordingly. Army gunships supporting the evacuation also departed the area. Once airborne, Major Kettles was advised that eight troops had been unable to reach the evacuation helicopter due to intense enemy fire. With complete disregard for his own safety, Major Kettles passed the lead to another helicopter and returned to the landing zone to rescue the remaining troops. Without gunship, artillery, or tactical aircraft support, the enemy concentrated all firepower on his lone aircraft, which was immediately damaged by a mortar round that shattered both front windshields and a chin bubble and was further raked by small arms and machine gun fire. Despite the intense enemy fire, Major Kettles maintained control of the aircraft and situation, allowing time for the remaining eight soldiers to board the aircraft. In spite of the severe damage to his helicopter, Major Kettles once more skillfully guided his heavily damaged aircraft to safety. Without his courageous actions and superior flying skills, the last group of soldiers and his crew would have never made it out of the battlefield. Major Kettle's selfless acts and repeated valor and determination are in with keeping of the highest traditions of the military service and reflect great credit upon himself and the United States Army. We honor his service. That wraps up episode 131. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I know there's a lot of options out there for podcasts. The podcast industry is saturated with so much great content that I do appreciate you spending this short bit of time here with me in these powerful veteran stories. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DEPT Vet Affairs and on Facebook.com/slash Veterans Affairs. You can also follow the Secretary at SEC Wilkie. That's at SEC. Wilkie on Instagram and Twitter. We will return shortly with another episode here on Born the Battle. Until then, I am Timothy Lawson, signing off.